Welcome into the Wyo Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me, as always, yes, always, he is back, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Munoz. Super excited to be staring at his shadow across the Zoom call. Saw him earlier today, actually, in Laramie. We got to uh, shake hands, look each other in the eyes, and say, hey, you're beautiful. Yes, that is Robert Munoz. He is with me. Saw him at UW Media Days, UW Football Media Days specifically. So we'll talk a little bit about our impressions from those here, and then we'll get out of the way here mostly for this podcast because we've got the Honorable Joe Jensen, University of Wyoming head golf coach on the pod. I talked to him for almost a half an hour. It could have been longer if I hadn't had to uh, tell him that we had to go to lunch. Like I, I love Joe. Just a great guy to talk to. So we have that one. And then we have a special treat post sixes, Zach Kostopoulos. Fun fact, as I told him, I work with his entire family, the Kostopoulos family. He, th- We're like this, and we don't even know it. Yeah, that's right. Robert's laughing over there because it's really his aunt and I work together. I thought it was his mom. But anyways, so we got Zach on the pod as well. We were hoping to get this one out earlier, you know, post six going on a run at the Northwest regional in Gillette, but unfortunately their season came to an untimely close just shy of reaching 70 wins. Robert's been covering the po- this post six run intensely all summer long. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about that after we talked to Zach and we talked to him before they had even gotten going in uh, game number two, which they dropped to Yakima Valley. Yakima Valley is in Washington. But first, before we get to all that, all that fun stuff, Robert, how's it going, man? Was it more of a, I think we just fist bumped, not, not shook hands, right? We did everything but actually shake hands. You're right. I just shook hands with everybody on the football team that was there. Saw a great tweet from one of my buddies that said that one of the best things about COVID is it brought back fist bumps. And I guess I wasn't aware fist bumps, fist fist bumps uh, went away. He's not wrong. It just, they they became cool again. I don't know if they ever went away, but they became cool again. You know what I mean? There's something about, there's like an electric, there's an electric shock of energy just touching fists with another person, especially just when you're, when you're at an exciting event, like media days, you know what I mean? Absolutely. But I'm doing well as always, Mr. David Graff. Um, speaking of media day, I didn't, I did not have the opportunity to interview any of those guys. I didn't talk to any of those guys. Uh, just to, Hey, how's it going? How was practice? type of deal but you got to talk to uh, i talked handful to full of players i talked to coaches. nearly the whole team felt like, <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> like whoo shout out to uh tim harkins just working hard for me just make it he makes it so easy to look good when he does his job like that i mean he shout out to him i talked to quite a few guys yeah I did. 
Shout out to Azizi so, Hearn so, who, as well. Azizi Hearn and I are officially so best friends. You, We're officially best friends, dude. We have a shared mutual bond over Angelos in Oceanside, which I've come on this podcast many times and told the people about Angelos. And Azizi Hearn, one of the best defensive backs in the Mountain West Conference, couldn't agree more with me. Couldn't agree more. Just made so my was that your day. biggest? That was your biggest takeaway. That was your biggest takeaway from media day was uh, Angelos and Azizi Hearn. Uh, two two things right at the mountaintop. That and then it's really funny. Uh, I I finally got to meet John Hoyland. Everybody knows on this podcast if you've been listening how much I love kickers. I'm a big kicker guy, and I I think John Hoyland knew who I was already because of my admiration for his kicking game. I I have an inkling. He cuz he said he said, "Oh, I know who you are. I've seen you before." I was like, I, that means he must be out there admiring us talking about him even though he said he likes to keep it on a straight line. That's how he's able to be so successful. He's just a straight line all the time. All the time, just a straight line. And he made this this motion with his hand. You you, you got to stay even kill out there. Yeah, pretty much. It it was also, it was the first time I'd ever gotten to talk to Bull about kickers specifically, and he lit up, lit up. He was very excited when I asked him about John Hoyland and just why he loves kickers and specialists. He was very happy to talk about that. He was not happy when I asked him to give a spotlight to any individual players. He he didn't like that one. He didn't like that question. But he did like the questions about Hoyland. Special teams win games. Oh, uh, no doubt. They're they're the margins, man. Wyoming I I know Wyoming has had its fair share of rough rough patches of kickers going back to from what I remember growing up watching Wyoming football. So Cooper Roth, Hoyland got a couple of good ones recently and shout out coach bowl. Cause he's the uh, special teams coach, correct? Coach Craig bowl. I, I don't think he's officially the special teams coach, but he he told me, which I thought was funny, he said, after doing this job as a head coach for a few years, I realized that my talents would be well-suited to giving these guys confidence by working with them closely, giving them an ally in the coaches, in the coaches room, which I thought, you know, that's a real leader right there. That's a real leader. He, he recognizes that Guys, He's talking sl- solely about the special teams units, right? He recognizes that you know sometimes we don't give them enough due in the kicking game, and we may or may not call them weird, but they're an important part of the team. And as the head coach of the team, it's a, it's important to him to look out for the team. Emphasis on team. I just I thought that was a real leadership mentality. And it was, it was interesting insight from head coach Craig Bull, who 
I believe came up coaching linebackers at Nebraska. That's kind of where he got to start, which now his son is the linebackers coach for UW. I don't know. What, what did you, you wanted to get free food. I know you were looking forward to free food. Did you get some free food? They did not have any food today. I was hoping to get a little lunch in, but that's just, that's all right. That's just, I mean, I got free food from Josh. He bought my lunch. That was nice of him. I should have made him buy you lunch too. I had the opportunity to video, uh, Josh talking to the coaches. Um, Tim Paul is sick. Jay Sawvell, Coach Bull. One thing that stood out to me was uh, Jay Sawvell. He said, the defensive coordinator for the Pokes, he said, you know, pass rushers and people who can cover receivers get paid in the NFL, and that's what we have here. So that kind of that, 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 that stood out to me a lot when he – when he gave that thought. That is interesting. That is exactly like, I think I would argue, I don't think I'm in the minority here. A lot of people believe that linebackers kind of become one of the premier positions at UW defensively. I mean, they've churned out quite a few good linebackers, at least recently, Cash, Logan. And I, I brought that up with Coach Aaron Bull, linebackers coach. And he said, he said, the linebackers only look really good when the defensive line is really good. And I was like, wow. So you think that they set the, t-? he's like, I mean, they do a, they do a very, very good job of making us look really, really good, which I, I thought that was interesting. That That's definitely, that's not something that you would hear from a lot of coaches. That's a lot of humility, especially when he said he's kind of tearing down his own position group to build up another one. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Sounds like there's a lot of humility throughout that entire. Definitely. Definitely. Coach Aaron Bowl is, he's a very humble guy, honestly. All right. That's enough media day talk for now. We could go many different directions. A lot of media days. It's pretty silly. A lot of fun stuff like talking about movie choices and things like that with players and coaches asking defensive ends coach Marty English. What gets him jacked up hearing a guy, hearing a football coach say, this is what gets me jacked up is, is it gets me jacked up, honestly. So, so much fun at media day, but right now let's get into uh, an interview that I had with UW head golf coach, Joe Jensen, the golf team at Wyoming is sending two guys to the U.S. Amateur, which is a huge deal. The U.S. Amateur is arguably the biggest and best amateur tournament in the world, and the University of Wyoming is sending two players this year to the tournament. So we talked about that, talked about the each guy individually. It's just it's, it's a great interview, and Coach Jensen really said some – amazing things about pressure and handling pressure that I think everybody can learn from in life. I think everybody can figure out, you know, when you're feeling the pressure and you start to succeed, that, that means you're doing something right. And I think he nailed it and he talked about that a lot. So I I wanted to share that specifically. So enjoy that. 
So let's start. I mean, how exciting is it for you as the coach at UW to see two of your guys headed off to one of the biggest amateur tournaments coming up this weekend? You know, uh, I will say that, you know, I viewed the USAM as arguably the best amateur tournament in the world. Um, and so any year you have a player play and, and compete in it is awesome. And then you get a chance this year to have two players compete. It's really cool, David. Um, we won't be the only school that has two players competing in, in the USAM, but we'll be, it'll be a small demographic. It'll be a small group of, of schools that have, that have only two players playing. So that's, that's really cool for us because there's a lot of great teams out there that, that don't have any representation. So for us to have two players, really, really neat. What is it about Kirby and Jimmy, their golf games individually, that make them stand out? You know, and I'll just, you know, I, uh, and just being honest with you about it, um, it, it's just a great, and it's sort of indicative of both. Now, I'll, I'll go with each, okay? Um, I, I give Kirby a lot of credit. Um, so he's, Kirby has quite a bit of experience, and, and even though he has two years left. So in the fall of 19, he played – he played so well in an event, a big time tournament in Maui when he went head to head with some all Americans and he played great. And then he kind of, you know, COVID hits and, and he kind of struggled, I think. And, you know, we all did uh, not playing a few events and this and that in 2020. And then being honest with you, he, he was our sixth guy, our first event at, at our event in Palm Desert in February of 2021, the Desert Intercollegiate. And he played as an individual for us. He, he at that time, wasn't playing at a level to be in our lineup. And so you see Kirby, you know, just – and you, you've talked to him. He's a kind of a steady-as-she-goes kind of kid, a, a phenomenal student, really smart guy. And he just kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and getting better. And – you know, he had quite a run this summer where I feel like he he won three events in a row. He won the State Am. You know, we, we have a big professional event here called the Laramie Open, and he was a low Am. And I, I don't know, I can't remember his finish, but he was a 10th, 8th, 12th place finish in a really good professional field. Uh, and I would say he won four events in a row because then the next weekend he was the low Am at the Wyoming Open and still a very high finish with a bunch of pros. And then he won the USM qualifier. So, you know, for a month time, he, he played as good as any, for sure as any amateur in the region and then competed to, you know, in two consecutive weekends with some very good professionals. So, you know, Kirby, Kirby is, is a product of um, his process and his hard work He's got a, a very solid move. Um, and I think in college golf, and he's gotten better, he's learned the, the value of the short game, and he's become a much better putter. Now he's a much better putter than he was coming out of high school. And, you know, Kirby will continue to progress. I think Kirby's at a phase in his life where he wants to be good, David. 
Um, I'm wanting him to be good. I'm wanting him to be relevant. Um, he's played like I, I, you know, I go back. I, he has a lot of experience. And so I think all of that coming together for him, certainly we have a good team coming back next year and he gets, he gets pushed by his teammates. I think all of that has pushed him, you know, all that has a piece of the pie that, that has pushed Curry to be a really, really good player. Jimmy's funny. Jimmy's kind of been the difference. Jimmy played as a, as a freshman and Jimmy and I joke, you know, he redshirted in 1920 and that was when COVID hit. And that's when the, then the golfers were, were given an additional year and we made the decision. Well, let's just redshirt again. So Jimmy and I laugh, like we're going to have to reconnect and, you know, re- restart our relationship because I've not coached Jimmy for two years. But what, but, but what, what's been different about that, the one way I have coached Jimmy was, okay, how, how do I live my life for these past two years? And I give that kid a lot of credit. He was really creative and thinking outside the box. And he's lived in probably, and I'm not kidding, probably no less than three states in those last two years. So he, he has spent time in Arizona with relatives playing in tournaments and practicing and training. He's been in Florida with relatives playing in tournaments, practicing and training. And then he's, he's from Detroit, Michigan, and he's been in Michigan. So he's taken the different approach the last two years is he's become a worldly traveler. He's, he's, he's been very independent with Jimmy. I sense um, he's taken leaps and bounds of his maturity. He's grown. I've, I've sensed him growing as a person, you know, cause again, when you're in this red shirt year, you got to define what am I going to do? You know what? How do I get better? And golf is very important to him. And I think David, that was a, that was a good, you know, a good key because during during golf, it's it's an it's an individual sport anyway. And so the, the guys like to be coached. Guys like to be pushed. But guys are different. Guys, and that's what you learn as a coach. You try and get the most out of your out of your players. But every player is different. You got and you got to figure that out. And I think Jimmy did a great job of getting better, growing up, getting his life in order, maybe understanding his priorities. And and he comes back to us in the fall with three years left. Certainly playing at a at a very good level. And um, but but again, as I illustrated to you, that there's he and Kirby took different paths to get to qualifying. And and that and it's not a knock on Kirby, but I think Kirby, for whatever reason, came out of the independency, out of the COVID, not sharp. And, and again, everyone's different. Then he then he got into and you probably got the sense from talking with Kirby and just getting to know Kirby. You know, he's an, he's got a brilliant mind. He's an engineer. He's a process guy. If you would watch him practice, if you would watch him do things there's a reason of what he does and there's a method and there's a, you know, there's a, there's a process. Right. And, and, and not to say that's not with Jimmy, but Jimmy's was a little different. Jimmy was able to think outside the box, but to that point too, as a coach, every, every program needs that. That's what we as coaches want. We, we ultimately need guys that we, we as a program and as coach, we'll do the best we can. But at some point, you just need guys to take over and you, and you need guys to become athletes. You need players to become players. And I would say a little bit, David, just a little bit. 
that's that's where Kirby and Jimmy are evolving to. And it's my hope, to be honest with you, and you, maybe you would ask me later, but it's my hope that I would want those guys that their absolute focus is to make it to match play at USM, not just be happy to be there. And, hey, I made it to Oakmont and gosh, what a, what an amazing, amazing experience it is, but yet to get there and, and to get their butts prepared and to get focused and, and to feel like they belong and, and to go there and play well. Do you feel like those two guys belong? Like, do you think that, uh, yeah. Is that something that you saw for those two players that they could accomplish and achieve like even as early as this year? Yeah. And I see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you something. It's, and it's been a little bit of an evolution recently. It probably started late last spring. Um, we played pretty well the second to last event. So this would be not including Jimmy, but we played pretty well at BYU and a very, very, very difficult golf course. And I don't know the number, but maybe I think we shot eight or 12 under as a team going into conference. And I felt really good. And I will tell you, David, we hit, we last, last spring. So spring of 21, we beat every team in our conference at some point last spring in the tournament. So my feeling was, I mean, we just beat you. Uh, the eventual winner, Nevada and New Mexico, we just both beat both their asses at BYU. And so going into conference and those teams tied for the tied for the lead. So we just, I, I was like, we could have finished first or eighth, you know, I, who knows. Right. So let's fast forward. And we had a very up and down conference championship. And so it makes me reflect. So what I have in this group is, so I had, I had a team five years ago, four years ago, um, we were ranked 34th in the country. We won three times. Um, we actually had the lead at the halfway point in the Mountain West Conference Championship. And it was a team similar to this group of not five-star guys, but sort of three-star guys that turned into kind of four-star guys. Does that make sense? Good guys, multi-sport guys, very coachable, good students. They all kind of had different personalities, if you know what I mean. And so it was kind of a fruit salad of guys that came came together for a common goal. David, that's what I feel a little bit with this group. You, know, you got Jimmy, which I joke about. Jimmy, you and I are going to have to meet each other again, you know. And, and you know, Kirby's had, has this process being a Wyoming kid. And we have Bryce and we have Tyler and we have a few other young guys. My point I, I'm I'm wanting expectations because the one improvement, and it's not improvement, but the one change I want to make in our program with this group is I want them to feel pressure. I want them to feel expectations. I want them to feel what it's like um, to play with pressure and expectations. Uh, Coach Bowles is a good pal of mine, and I know he's not pleased with his year last year. David, you, you're coming to, to media days tomorrow. I, I, I guarantee you you're going to feel a sense of um, that there's something to prove, you know, wh whether that happens. And I, I'm, li I'm, I'm likely to believe that we're going to have a good football year. Um, Coach Bull, he, and he's a good pal of mine, but he is, you know, he is focused. He's like, you know, hey, coach. And he's like, he and I ham it up, but he's he's got his blinders on, you know, and, and he, he made me come up with a joke, too, and 
hey, coach, how are you doing? Hey, I'm just trying to figure out how to make a first down. You know, that's his standard line. You see him in a hallway. Well, he, you know, he came up with me, Dave. He was like, he's like, hey, how are you doing? Well, I'm just trying to figure out how to make a five-footer, you know? So it's, he rubs off on me. So what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm putting it on Jimmy and Kirby, you know, that yes, represent our state, represent our university, represent our back, go there and play well, have expectations. And I want them to feel that. I do. I do. I want them to feel what it, it's like to play well on a national stage. And they're very capable. And, and, and that's a little bit of the change. You know, you got to understand your personnel. But with the current group I have, David, that you're going to hear me say that. I mean, I, we fully know that right now we're capable we are a good enough team to win the Mountain West Conference Championship next year. That's what these guys believe, and that's what I believe. And, and I'm not afraid to say that. Who knows if you do or you don't, but I, I've been doing this long enough that any success you get, you're very grateful for, but you have to learn. And, and, and I'm, I'm, as I'm leading this program, I'm continuing to push. I'm continuing to push. I'm continuing to push. And, and it means a lot to me and it means a lot to those kids to go and play well in, on, a, on a national stage. Because what, whatever they do or don't do, that experience will transcend into our college season, which begins in, in September. So I, I'm guessing the U.S. – is it the U.S. amateur or amateur? Amateur. That's what, I, yeah, that's what I've been saying, but, like, you know, the amateur. Anyways, so – I'm guessing that qualifies as a as a pressure situation for these two guys, at least. Absolutely. But there's some, now understand, there's some that will take the big pat on the back that I made it to the USAM and I got my swag bag and I got my bag tag. Because it's kind of a badge of honor. You know, the guys that make it to the USAM, you get this special bag tag and you, you put it on your bag and it says, hey, look at me kind of deal. Well, with these guys, which is great, but with these guys, I get the sense, and it's with me saying it too. Um, yeah, I, w- I want to go do well. Yeah, I do. You know, you know, and 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 and, and hear me saying it too, David. Like Kirby has a lot of experience. He's played a lot of golf, and, and then and then he's he's reminded of that from his coach. You know, I always said this. You know. Coaches are funny people, right? We're not your best friends. We're not your parents. We're your coaches. So we, we just, right or wrong, we, tell, we try and tell the truth. We tell it like it is. And it's important, it's important for, a lot of, for a lot of reasons for them to go there and to play hard and to play with confidence and, and to see what happens. I will say, regardless of what happens, that's what is happening with those dudes. Because I know Jimmy's going there early he, he doesn't get access to play on the two courses, not till Saturday, but he's going to go walk both courses on Friday. So again, that, that just tells me, right. Yep. I'm, coach, I'm going to get there. I'm going to go get boots on the ground and just get, you know, get, feel it, right. Observe it, get an understanding that they, they're not, they don't have the ability to hit shots or practice until Saturday, but they said they could go out there and be on the grounds and look at it. And, and do a little, a little work. And so that's good. That's, that shows me, Jimmy, you know, yep. Yep. I'm, I'm, and again, it, as athletes, 
there's always something to be learned, right? There's always something to be learned from when you play well, when you don't play well. Like for example, this past weekend, it's a segue, but it reminds me, you know, we had my kid, my GA that just graduated as my graduate assistant. And he played here at Wyoming, John Murdoch. Well, he had the lead after the third round at the Colorado open and he just graduated, you know, three, three weeks ago, but the winner of the Colorado open, it's a hundred thousand dollars. And I, I was at a tournament in, in Colorado and I pull up the leaderboard and I just knew like, I know John and I know John was going to be a hot mess on Saturday night, you know, the poor kid. And then, but that's, but what I'm saying is he, and he struggled, he still made really good money on Sunday, but he struggled a little bit. Well, that's he, I knew he was going to have, you got to deal with that pressure, right? But he's better off having gone through it than non got through it, right? So when I talked to him on Monday, he had a great attitude about it. He's like, gosh, I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot. And, um, and, it, and it, so that's, I, I equate that to Kirby and Jimmy. They're going to learn a lot either way. And um, obviously their skill set and their tools, you know, just like anything else, David, the quicker, they get comfortable. The quicker they get there, the quicker they get feeling situated at Oakmont, then that's the quicker than they get to playing their best golf. Does that make sense? It's a bit of a process. That makes one last question here. Thank I appreciate your time. What is what is one thing that each kid has to do well in order to, you know, find themselves in those pressure in those pressure situations in the mix? You know, I, I will say this for Kirby. Um, he hits it really good. He does. He's an athletic guy. If he putts well, he, he, Kirby's got to putt well. If, if Kirby's funny, if he, if he has any level of confidence with rolling it, rolling the putter and making some putts with Kirby, it, it gives him confidence, you know, throughout. The, the other assets, the part of his game. Um, and, and what I know about Jimmy, I think, again, and I, and I say this not knowing anything about Oakmont, but I think if Jimmy drives it well, because and, – and I think that's actually, frankly, become a, a – um, I think a good plus to Jimmy is the way he, he hits it off the tee and he drives it well. But And so they're a little different because Jimmy's a really good putter and – and Jimmy has a, a pretty good short game acumen. Um, Kirby, like a Kirby, they, and they both bomb. They're both really strong players. I mean, and they're not the strongest, but they're they're both in the upper third of that field with golf ball compression. But it's different ways I give confidences, and you know, and and I mean that Kirby, if he gets there and gets comfortable with the putter and making putts, I've seen it to where that 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 loosens Kirby up as, as a player. And, and then, as I say, I can say that for Jimmy, you know, getting it in play consistently. And again, I'm just going to assume that Oakmont is, a, is, is tight because then that helps Jimmy. Cause he's, Jimmy's a very good iron play, iron player and he puts it well. And again, it's, and then but it's, it's, it's a great question too, David, because I think they both know, 
the little things that give them confidence to get them going. Does that make sense? So I think they, their, their understanding of themselves. Okay. These are the things that I need to do to do well, which give me confidence to give me the best chance. And look, I have, they have both played well this summer. They're both prepared. Um, it's just, you know, going back to your original, original first question, we're both, we're both, we're all thrilled, you know, and I, I may have told you, and I don't know, I don't know if Kirby is the first Wyoming kid to play in the USAM. I have no way of knowing that unless I've missed someone. It's, it's, it's the first of my recollection of a Wyoming born and bred kid playing. It's, it's certainly the first time I've had two players in one year go and play, but you know, we're wishing them the best. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Joe Jensen. Next up, we got Zach Kostopoulos from post six. He's been an incredible player for the Sixers this summer. Just absolutely on a tear. Part of a huge lineup, huge lineup. Coulter McAnally, Julian Romero, Zach Kostopoulos. Just a bunch of really good hitters on this on the post six line on the post six squad this summer and should only be better next year. A lot of those guys are coming back next season or should be coming back to play with post six. So very exciting stuff. Robert's been following along this team all summer though. And it's just, it's been an incredible ride. So Robert, just, just tell everybody, you know, about this summer and what, what it's been like following along post six. Definitely a solid season. They, Broke the program. The 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 win most wins in the season. Uh, broke the program record. Sixty nine wins. Almost got that seventy win seventieth win. You know, but yeah. Shout out to Zach coming onto the podcast. Um, led the team in batting average for uh, players who had more than two at bats. Four ten for the season that's solid that's solid right that's amazing yeah i remember it was almost midway through the season he was batting about 500 or so single season record rbis 110 rbis it's a lot of runs you're bringing in right yep so shout out to zach for coming on and uh just a solid, solid team they have there. And I think they pretty much virtually have like at least 90% of that squad coming back next year. A lot of the premier players. Um, and yeah, it was just an unfortunate ending for them today. They lost Helena, lost to Helena, Montana, one to nothing. You know, unfortunate ending for the season, I know, but they'll be back next year. The solid squad. Yeah, just hopefully, I wish I wish uh, we could have gotten this interview out after a win, following a win, or prior to the tournament. But I hope you guys enjoy Zach Stopolis and uh, what he had to say about the season in general and just his team. All right, we are thrilled to be joined now by Post Six's Zach Kostopoulos. He's up in Gillette right now, soaking in 
the feelings of an opening round victory before they play again tonight. Zach, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you coming on in the middle of the tournament. What was that first win last night? What did that mean for you guys just to kind of get the ball rolling up there in Gillette? Uh, you know, it was huge for us to come out and get the first win because that means, you know, that means we're automatically into Thursday if we lose today and lose tomorrow. But I don't think that's going to happen. And so it was just good to get last night's win out of the way. And so now we're kind of settled in and ready to go today. You're on the verge of winning 70 games. I mean, that's just, that's just impressive. Has that been kind of key to your guys' success is your confidence and knowing you're one of the top teams out there? Yeah, you know, everyone on the team is, like, super confident. And, you know, they know how good they are, and I know how good I am. And so it just it helps when everybody, you know, just kind of knows how good they are and knows their potential and knows where they're at as a ball player. What What's kind of the vibe like around the team, and especially in the dugout and whatnot? Because I imagine it's pretty uh, pretty good vibe going around, especially yeah, you know, all season long. Yeah, the energy is usually really good in the dugout. You know, like if someone gets out, you know, we pick them up or, you know, big hit, run scores, you know, you know we just go, kind of go crazy. But, you know, uh, kind of the theme for our team is, you know, don't get too high and don't get too low. You kind of stay even keel on, on the big moments and on the low moments. And so that's kind of helped us, you know, just kind of staying even keel and keeping our minds right for the next pitch. You've had a fantastic season. I know you you broke the single season RBI record. I, you already, I mean, surpassed the home runs record. You still have a season left. What what's been going so well for you this season? I mean, how are you just seeing the ball well? Talk about your season for us, please. You know, I finally I feel like I finally uh, settled in and kind of just I I knew my job this season was you know you know just just hit and score runs. And so I kind of just take it upon myself to do that and really just try and help my team win games by doing that. And so, yeah, I'm seeing the ball really well. And that's definitely got to be a big part of why I've had so much success this season. Post six has a pretty incredible lineup headlined by Coulter McNally, obviously. And then yourself, and then you got guys like Julian Romero leading the table. Do you ever feel bad for pitchers at all that they've got to come up and try to get you guys out? Oh, not at all. They deserve everything that they get from us, you know? So I, I think it's fun when, you know, we're going through our lineup a second time and then they have to change pitchers. It's kind of like, you know, we defeated him and the game's not even over. So super fun doing that, teams. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I I remember playing summer baseball fondly, and you don't quite get the rivalries going with other teams, but I it may be different here in Wyoming. Was there any pitcher or anybody that you guys have faced so far that you just you relish the opportunity to go against them? Uh, you know, Caden raised from Gillette and. He so he dominated us a lot last year. We were like one and six versus them in the regular season, and so he pitched against us every time we played him, and he just dominated us every time. And so this year it's kind of been like revenge because we played them. We played them. I don't know, maybe like four four times 
And so he pitched against us in both of those. He pitched against us in two of those games. And so we just dominated against him. So it was kind of like, <clears throat> it was fun just kind of showing him like what we're about this year and how much we've grown from last year. You've grown a lot, obviously. What what changed between last year and this year the most? I mean, obviously you put in the work, you got better, but I mean, what's the biggest difference to now you're, I mean, you're putting up runs against guys like Caden Race. Uh, I, it was my mindset on the whole game. Last year it was just kind of like hoping and praying that, you know, I'd get a hit and that I'd hopefully score this run. Well, now this year it's kind of like I'm going up to the plate knowing I'm going to do that, knowing I'm going to get a hit in a big situation or knowing that I'm going to score this run somehow, some way. And so I feel like just the confidence plays a big part for me, just knowing what I'm going to do and do it. Because Coach Lynn says a great athlete knows what he has to do, and then he does it. And so I feel like I've done that well this year. I I was trying to look up the game. I can't remember the exact game, but it's not necessarily a highlight for post six this season, but it's definitely one of the funniest things I think that has happened with the team is when Coach Lane got tossed in the first inning in one of your games. It it was a memorable game. You guys came back and ended up winning the game. So I, I'm I'm blanking. I feel like Zach might remember, but well. Yeah, it was again it was against Rocky Mountain High School in the firecracker i think yeah and exactly it was it was a night game and so yeah he just got i think i can't remember what he was arguing about i think it was balls and strikes it was a it was a but, it was an out versus safe call at first base because oh yeah right 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 i rem i remember distinctly i just couldn't remember any of the details i remember that he he was upset because they had initially called the kid out you were out of the inning and then they decided to overturn it after some deliberation, something. Any, anyways, what what was it like for you guys in the dugout, or I guess you guys were on the field? What were you thinking when Coach Lane is just going out there and he he's going ham on those umpires? You know, I was thinking like, I don't really, I don't know. It was just kind of kind of one of those games where you just had to chip away and you had to win it with defense, and so. We just we defended the field field well after that. I don't think they scored after the first inning, and we ended up putting like seven runs on the like seven runs up during the whole entire game, and won seven to four, I think, or something like that. I don't know, but it's just one of those games where you just have to put your nose to the grindstone and just grind out at bats and grind down hitters on the mound, and it was a fun one because you know getting the come from behind victory is always fun, especially with your guys. So we talked about the hitting as, I mean, it's, it's a fearsome lineup one through nine. And then you just mentioned that you got, you give up four runs in the first inning and then you've got guys on the mound who can lock it down and keep it that way. What does it mean for your team to have that kind of pitching going each and every game? Just, you know, that, there's not going to be a 20 spot put up or anything like that, which is of course not unusual in Wyoming Legion baseball. Yeah. You know, it's huge to have confidence in your pitchers because ultimately they're the ones, you know, determining what's going to happen in the game. 
And so uh, it's, it's always good to have, you know, Coulter, Bradley, Travis, Gio, any of our pitchers on the mound because I know that they're just going to throw strikes and get the ball out to the defense. And the defense, you know, we're going to make plays and make sure we don't give, give up any hits or runs or anything like that. So, yeah. What should people know about most about this post six team? What is it that people should know that you guys are repping Cheyenne? I mean, what what is the identity of this post six team in your mind as one of the key contributors on on the Sixers? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just think that we're just a bunch of ballers, you know. I think that we're one of the best teams to come through post six and it's been fun this season with these guys and I just think we're a bunch of grinders and hard working dudes so yeah bunch of hard working dudes I don't think it gets any more Cheyenne than that Zach Kostopoulos really appreciate your time we'll certainly be rooting for you good luck this evening yeah thank you guys I appreciate it what a great kid, Zach Kostopoulos, everybody, post-six baseball. Just really appreciate him taking the time. Unfortunately, he's the first kid I can remember coming on the podcast and things did not roll his way after coming on the pod. Which because we didn't air it. It's because we didn't put it out. Yeah, we, we should have had the confidence to just air it. That's That's Easy. devastating, dude. That's devastating. It's all our fault. It's it actually is. I I take blame. I take the blame for this one, as the guy who who was behind on production. This one's on me. Post six. So you can put a little asterisk. Should have been seventy wins, but David Graff, he he didn't get the podcast up in time. Just a shame. Just a shame. Well, I hope that. That doesn't deter you from listening to another episode of the podcast. We really appreciate everybody who has been listening to the podcast. We love doing this podcast. It's one of the few things that I look forward to every week is just checking in with Robert and seeing how it's going. And then, then we just kind of talk, talk about UW football, Wyoming high school sports. It doesn't really matter. It's just so much fun every week doing this. And I hope you guys are enjoying it listening to the podcast as much as we are having, you know, creating this podcast every week. It's just a blast to do. So really appreciate everybody who's been listening, who's been subscribing to the pod, who's just been sharing it with the the friends and everything like that. It's, it's really starting to grow. I'm seeing the numbers and I appreciate everybody. It's, it's awesome. It really motivates me to work harder and, and to get with Robert and, do this and bring something that you guys are going to enjoy. So we, we really do love it. I can see Robert smiling here as he's, he's, his laptop's about to die. So I need to wrap this podcast up. If you want to follow, if you want to follow Robert on Twitter at our Munoz three Oh seven, you can get more from him. He's always, he's doing some of the best beat coverage in the biz here. So please do give him a follow. Give me a follow. If you feel so inclined at Mr. David Graff, you can see some of the videos that I've been putting out, uh, with coach Jensen, UW football media days, other stuff like that. So really appreciate 
everyone listening to the pod and really appreciate Shakewell for the music. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. We'll talk to you next week. Shout out any suggestions